Hey guys, and welcome to Movie Guys Podcast. This is Jordan with Eric and Ed, and uh, we promised you guys on Twitter that we have a special episode, and here it is. We are interviewing this uh, very, very interesting independent actor named Scott Watson. How you doing, Scott? <laughs> I'm doing good. Good to be here, guys. And uh, so I, you guys, I don't know about I don't know about interesting, but we'll see. We'll see. Well, we're gonna talk. About <laughs> thanks for thanks for coming on all the no. same. <laughs> well, your now body work has prove. been interesting. Because let's see, Scott here has done uh, some th- some films and TV shows such as Homer, Mysteries at the Museum, Red Rum, Somewhere in Between, Zombie Apocalypse, and To Live and Die in Dixie. His new movie <laughs> that he's in, When the Moon Was Twice, uh, is uh, it's, well, When the Moon Was Twice as Big. I'm right. sorry, and it's directed by Bill Jacobs. That's coming out right, this right. year, right? It is, and that was filmed in uh, Pennsylvania. Oh, it's cool. Cool. Oh, where? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Doylesville. <laughs> it, yeah. I'm on the uh, I'm on the I'm on the west side of Pennsylvania. I don't know exactly where that's at, but hey, anything that's done in Pennsylvania, I'm all for. <laughs> yeah, somewhere somewhere in there, somewhere in there we filmed. It's big state, yeah. big state. But uh, but fans, bear with us, and of course, this goes for the fans and for Scott. This is our. You've first got Pittsburgh on the so. west. You've got Pittsburgh on the west, uh, Philadelphia on the east, and Alabama in between. So it's, there's a lot of there's a lot of area there to cover. <laughs> yeah, I always well, uh, drive drive through Pennsylvania on my way home, and it takes about uh, 36 days to get across the state. So <laughs> I, know, I know it's pretty long. Sounds like Georgia. Well, are, yeah, are you are you uh, riding along with all the uh, the Amish and the Mennonites? Is that what it takes you so long? <laughs> <laughs> oh, on the horse and buggy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right. Go I, ahead, Eric. No, no, yeah. Uh, then, anyway, thanks for for stopping by, and it's uh, always great to have you on. We're going to ask you a few different questions, actually, uh, just about, I guess, uh, projects that you have coming up. Obviously, uh, we want to know about that, and just uh, really independent films in the process of it too, just because uh, we are uh, lovers of all movies, and independent film is something that uh, I like, especially just because a lot of people like to find a hidden gem, or they like to find something first. And say, hey, you got to watch this. Take my word for it, you know. And, and the handoff, this 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 kind of um, a customary trade that you can give, and that's what independent film can bring a lot of it too. And you see performances by directors, by actors, uh, you know, everyone involved in it all the same, and and that's just something that uh, is really good to see. So I mean, that's what I was just uh, kick it off with a few different questions, Jordan. Yeah, absolutely. Scott, here's my first one for you, okay? You've got some generic ones and some good ones, in my opinion. Let's see here. Do you want me to go easy or tough first? Which one do you want, buddy? Oh, I don't know. Is there calculus involved? Uh... <laughs> well, okay, here. Here, here's a good one. Here's a good one. What character, okay, what character in a movie would be your dream project to play? Oh, yeah, that question. I was actually thinking pretty hard about that one. Um, that one is tough. I would have to say... Um, obviously, one of the one of the big villains would be really fun. Um, okay. I think everybody in the world wants to play the Joker. That would be awesome. Oh. Um, but I, um, number five, and that would be fine. Um, oh. just, just get me in there. I want to be a part of Star Wars since basically when I saw them when I was a kid. Anything in that movie at all. Yeah, anything. 
anything. You, sound, it, you sound like a man after my own heart. We all love Star Wars. That's uh, oh yeah, I see that Star Wars poster in the in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to reference a picture on a podcast, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's everyone's. You can almost say end goal, pretty much. I mean, if if you make it there to to just one frame, it's not that you're just in the movie, but if you make it to like a frame on screen, you can just say that's it. You know, I I think I've I've done it. I've been yeah. there. You know, that's mm-hmm. just waiting for the. I don't reward. know if you guys. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard the rumor, but supposedly, and the, no spoilers for uh, episode seven, but there's a certain scene where a certain character discovers that she may or may not have the force. And she's talking to what may or may not be a stormtrooper, and <laughs> that stormtrooper <laughs> supposedly is Daniel Craig. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was there was that. That's that's uh, the rumor that I heard. I heard his voice as soon as I heard that rumor. I listened to it because I saw it four times that first week. I heard his voice as soon oh, yeah. as I heard. <laughs> yeah. Well, correct me if and I'm how great. wrong on this because there's there's been word of the traitor. Uh, uh, there's some I think Kevin Smith voiced that. I think someone. If I read that correctly really? on the internet, I think really? recently on his podcast, he was the voiceover for one of the Stormtroopers, and I I think it was the one where he yelled out, Traitor! And he had the uh, uh, the the baton, that Z6 baton. Crazy lightning, lightning kung fu stick. I can't believe it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's actually called a Z6 baton, yeah, actually. Yeah. I won't, I'll save or look it up and just pretend like I know what I'm talking about, but... <laughs> <laughs> Sounded official, yeah. I think that's, yeah. but anyway, I think I'm pretty sure that was voiced by uh, Kevin Smith. Uh, if I'm if wow. I'm lying, then you know whatever, just roll with it. Maybe we can get, make that a thing. But yeah, <laughs> you heard it here. Yeah, so like uh... hashtag Z6. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So anything in Star Wars or any uh, a Vulcan in Star Trek, let's say you a know? Vulcan. Oh okay. yeah. yeah, great. Why not? All right. So okay, let's go for an easy one here. What do you do on your day off? Because we know, as an actor, you are constantly busy. You're always on set. You're going from one project to the next, meeting all these different <laughs> kinds of people. What do you do when you have a day off to yourself? Well, uh, what you described before is what I hope to be doing all the time. Um, <laughs> most most actors know um, that a lot of the job is just staring at your phone, waiting for it to ring. <laughs> um, <laughs> Or checking your checking your inbox um, to see if you have any jobs coming in. Uh, I I try to I try to keep a pretty low profile. I live in Brooklyn um, with my wife and my two rabbits, so uh, um, just kind of just kind of hang out. Um, I watch way too many movies, so anytime some a new movie comes on Netflix, um, I probably am going to watch it eventually. Uh, but I'm also a writer too, um, so oh. I try to. Yeah, I try to do as much writing as I can, uh, playwriting, uh, screenplay, stuff like that. Um, every use, actor is uh, secretly. Do you use cell text for your script writing? Because I was always taught to use that in college. I used I used to, but then I like I would always have trouble with versioning of cell text. Like I would write this amazing script or what I thought was an amazing script at 3 a.m. and yeah. then I try to open it again, and then it would there be like compatibility issues. So now I just write it in Word. Oh, do you? And I don't even worry about formatting or spelling until the end, <laughs> until like draft. <laughs> I just get out there. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's that's along the short of what I what I do on my day off. Okay. Um, so of course, Zombie Apocalypse was one of the movies that I saw that you did, and uh, 
of course, Eric, and Ed know that I'm a big zombie guy. And I actually would argue, I don't know, I think they would agree I'm the horror guy of the show. Uh, how <laughs> no, was it won't working? Argue. Uh, yeah, he won't argue. How was it working on Zombie Apocalypse? Was it, uh, and, and, and honestly, for a fair question, was it just like a normal, average zombie movie, or did you actually have like a great time trying something new with it? That one is really strange because Zombie Apocalypse was actually created in 2007. And oh, wow. it's, a, it's essentially a fever dream of one dedicated person named Ryan Thompson who took pretty much half of a college campus and put it in a zombie movie. So it's essentially, we had no money at all. Uh -huh. Everybody was basically volunteering their time. So the fact that it became a movie at all is kind of a miracle. Um, really? But, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's amazing that it turned out like we had a... We filmed half of it in an abandoned paper mill in Vicksburg, Michigan, which I'm sure was like 95% asbestos. And <laughs> one of like... Like the key grip had just the keys to this abandoned paper mill, and it was huge. Like... Like the factory in the first Batman, I don't know, that chemical plant. It was like the yeah. for real, an obscure reference. Uh, but yeah, oh, wow. just this giant plant, and it's super dangerous because they're just giant gaping holes in the ground and stuff like that. Right. And we could do, we had the whole thing to film. So we, there's like 30 college kids filming a zombie movie in an abandoned factory. Um, oh, sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> we, drank, we drank a lot. Um, we broke a lot of things. Most of which were already broken, and we yep. filmed and we filmed a film in the meantime. So uh, there was also there was also a very large part of post production where one of the main characters was was completely dubbed in a strange Spanish accent because yeah. <laughs> because they felt that that's what needed to happen in the film. Um, so looking looking back, it's. The movie, I don't know, it, it, some diehard zombie fans love it, mm. and power to them. Um, we were all really, really overjoyed when it was picked up for distribution, and we couldn't believe it. And it just goes to show why horror is the best genre. Because no matter what kind of movie you produce, people are going to uh, take, their, take their time and watch it. Um, which is amazing, which is why I love horror fans perhaps the most, because they really dedicate their time to, to finding new films more than any other genre. Um, but yeah, the fact that people have seen it is kind of mind-blowing. But yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can't... Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say I, I, I've seen it because I... Never mind. <laughs> which is mind-blowing. My collection is ridiculous when it comes to horror flicks. It's just my thing. Horror is so. uh, very, very popular, and I think it's because it's uh, it, it allows you almost, uh, you know, well, it gives you this freedom, you know, where you can pretty much just kind yeah. of do you know, a play on camera pretty much, you know, just kind of do yeah. these, you know, these games or just how, how creative can you get with this death or with this scene just you know more blood more this more that whereas you know it's more that's memorable rather than it being like a kiss scene in the rain from the other independent that's, yeah you know that's trying to hit festivals and whatever that's it's horror all right scott Jordan, if i if oh, i could sorry, i want to i'd, I'd like to ask one uh, question of Please, scott yeah. real quick uh what was the scott if you don't mind what was the moment you decided to that you wanted to be an actor this was what you wanted to do for the rest of your life 
and that you wanted to to give yourself and give your art to the world? Yeah, um, I was seven. I was in a play called The Three Billy Goats Gruff, and I was playing the big billy goat. Yeah, that's a good part. And it was a lead part, I, I must say. Um, and I was on stage, and I defeated the troll, and I looked out in the audience, and everybody was just paying attention to me in such a focused way um, that it just it really it really impressed me. Like I looked out in the audience, and you know the lights are off, and you can just see all these people. You can see all the heads. You can see um, you can make eye contact with people, and just that like concentrated sense room. of attention was, yeah, the room. It was invigorating. Um, so once I got a taste of that, it's, you know, nothing's quite like it. And it's funny because a lot of people say that live theater is not the same as doing film. I still do a lot of theater in New York, well, but I actually get the same feeling when I'm on a set and I'm in front of crew that I, that you get it in a theater because you're still expected to, to make it happen. You know, there's the, yeah. the, the magic of the moment. Um, and I feel like sometimes there's even more pressure when you have cameras rolling and like 36 giant lights aimed at you and you got to get the take before the sun goes down. Sometimes that's even more exciting than theater for me. Yeah, I can understand that's... that completely. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel, though, that when the, the main difference is, is that maybe when you're on stage, it, it's the one shot type of thing. And so you go into it with this more of a mental capacity of, what's going to come next and just kind of you know get into that moment where it can become natural and in the camera uh maybe there's you know because you know that there's there's a take you know or something like that so of course you want to get it done and everything like that but i think uh that feeling though might be that might be a, that live feeling that action feeling you're in it right now yeah yeah theaters i mean theater is much more like a marathon and film is a sprint you know camera roll like one two three funny kind of thing i, yeah, I wanted to ask uh, really about about uh, casting and just because uh with kind of today's media and, and just kind of uh, what's the norm for for casting an independent film is these these people that you know or i mean is there something like an agent or is it just actual like craigslist like hey we just need people for this movie type thing uh i mean <laughs> are you you're meeting these, these strangers for the first time you're meeting this project head on brand new, right? You're an outside actor, right? For me, it's a little, it's an interesting process because I'm still very much, um, I'm still very much an unknown actor. Uh, so I do, I do have an agent and I do have a manager, and they do send me out on auditions. Um, sometimes there are people that I know in the industry who ask me to be a part of films that they've made or I've worked with them before but by and large it's me meeting strangers um, I just finished a feature film in Brooklyn called Neighbors and it was these two amazing Israeli brothers that just graduated from NYU and they put together money and they decided to make a feature film and I didn't know them at all before I auditioned and got the part of a sound guy it's kind of like a hipster version of New York Stories I don't know if you guys have ever seen that um, old movie but I didn't know these guys at all and so it's a very interesting feeling to come into an independent film where there's not a lot of money behind it. Like a lot, a lot of the TV stuff that I do, it's a well-oiled machine, you know. Sure. So there's a there's a budget, there's people, there's line producers, there's like you got to get stuff done in 15 minutes. This it was very much like we had a meeting at at 
a burger joint, and we talked about like my character's motivation. They gave me some some books to like kind of get me in the mood, like the artistic feel of the movie. They gave me sound equipment to play around with because the guy was a sound guy for a couple weeks. So it was great because the amount of passion that they had for their film was much higher than some of the TV shows that I've done where it's like bang, 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 you know, get it done, get it done, get it done before the sun goes down. Hmm. Um, so a lot, of the, a lot of times the casting is done just by the producers in independent film. Um, but the films with a larger budget, a couple million dollars or so, those generally go through casting directors, um, who work with the production. So my agent will submit me for something, a casting director will bring me in, and then I'll, we'll talk, I'll read for the scene, and then I'll meet with the actual producer or the director after that. Or sometimes I self-tape auditions too, um, where I stand in front of my window and I talk to myself and send it off to somebody <laughs> and hope to get a job. Uh, Whatever works. I have a preference. Yeah, I have a preference for self-tape auditions just because I have total control over my environment. So, you know, I can have a beer off to the side. <laughs> Not that mm -hmm. I ever do that. Right. Um, no. <laughs> hey, you're on, movies guy, you're on Movie Guys podcast. This is what we do. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I have much more control of my environment. It can, be, it can be very stressful to walk into a casting director's office, um, which is largely just a, a very small room with a video camera, and, you know, make awkward small talk, and then do your scene, and then leave. Um, Sure. Okay. That can quick, be. Just, <laughs> yeah, just adding on, just adding on to that question, was mm. there ever was there ever a role or a film that you auditioned for that you felt like that a you nailed it and didn't get, and then the second part mm. was is that something that you auditioned for and just really 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 wanted and didn't get? What were if, what was there ever that that happened? And you know what were what were those movies if you can tell us? And what were you what were you thinking? Well, how are you feeling? Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that happens quite a bit. Um, I try to audition as much as possible just to kind of leave things in the rearview mirror because actors deal with more than anything rejection. Um, I try to have at least three auditions a week, and of those auditions, maybe I have a 5% success rate, which is generally pretty good, but still, there's just a lot of rejection that rolls in. Uh, the one, the big one that got away was a couple years ago, they did a World War TV series on the History Channel. And they brought me in to read for young Winston Churchill. And this was like one of the first TV things that I had done yeah. in New York. And I got super far. It was, they called me, they put me on hold. But some guy walked in at the last minute who just happened to be from Churchill's hometown and was British. And he got jeez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lousy British people. Your your accent, <laughs> your accent Limey isn't as bastards. good. Yeah, how how good is your British accent? Like, I think I think everyone has like a, kind of a go-to British accent that just sounds either really good or really horrible. Right, right. Uh, it's better than Dick Van Dyke. I mean, I've got a couple. <laughs> I've got a couple that I use. Um, an interesting accent is Michael Caine's accent, because if. When he talks in his natural accent, it's almost incomprehensible. He really poshes it up a lot for movies. Um, or Jason Statham is one of my f more favorite British accents because he has this weird kind of like gritty Cockney accent, but it's very clear. So I like I like to emulate his accent as much as possible. Like right. he talks like this, you know, Jason Statham, very tough, you know. Um, but it's like <laughs> if you, if you hear a normal that British person, you, you know. Yeah. 
If you hear a normal British person face. talk, yeah. If you're a normal British person talk, it's not like Oscar Wilde posh. It's very normal. So I try to do I try to do that as much as possible, and I, I've, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty yeah. good. Well, at good least enough for a second you, place. At least you weren't like Kevin Costner in uh, in Robin Hood, where you actually tried the accent. You didn't even just blow it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like how he does the accent for half the movie. Then he's like, nah, nah, never mind. Sure. You know, I was actually just thinking about that. I was like, didn't he, did he just give it up? Or... Yeah, yeah. Because he said that. It's like, I don't remember him talking in an accent. Well, he, well, there are um, a few words that he kind of awkwardly stumbles over, and then he's just like, oh, no, never mind. Whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Screw it. Whatever. We all watched it for Morgan Freeman anyway. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Morgan Freeman, I watched it for the main girl. I don't forget her name. Anyway. Uh, Maybe Marion. Mary Elizabeth. Uh, oh, she was in the abyss. What the hell's her name? Elizabeth Shue? No, she's, she's a three-namer. No. It's a three-namer. Oh. Uh, oh, all right, well, anyway. Scott, Scott, we don't want to keep you forever, so I guess I got one more question for you. So yeah. You enjoy the rest of your evening. Um, so I guess this will be the easy one for you here. What has been your most favorite character that you have played so far? Ooh, that's a that's a good one. Um, I I'm gonna go with a theater role uh, with this one. I play a lot of I play a lot of Shakespeare. I play a lot of Shakespeare. Um, but I, I do a lot of Shakespeare. I like Shakespeare a lot. Um, there's a lot of really fun characters in Shakespeare. Okay. Um, I played a character a few summers ago in Two Gentlemen of Verona. It's the play that where there's a dog in it. Um, it's not well known at all. But there was one. I played a, a crazy suitor, and I the director just let me do crazy stuff with the role. It was great. Like she, uh, we were trying on shoes. I put on like five inch heels and, <laughs> and that and that was great um, and it basically I became like a transvestite Captain Hook in the show <laughs> if you can imagine that and it was just amazing like it was so much fun I felt like I was in a drag show um, I feel and, like it was not far off from Dustin Hoffman and Hook like no no he's, and he, he he's very me, drag he he's very me if you watch closely he and Smee, if you watch closely, are actually a very loving gay couple. Well, I don't know. That explains that movie. Oh, his little sad shape strut down the red be like, carpet. Yep. Uh, you've, you've ruined my childhood. <laughs> or, or made it better. <laughs> I think it's made it better because I can't wait to watch I'm going to watch that tonight just to, just to see this. This will be great. You'll, you'll see it. it they, yeah. It's not subtle. It's really not. Um, yeah. yeah, Bob Hoskin. R.I.P. Uh, Bob Hoskin does a yeah. good job of that. Yeah. Yeah, well, Scott. RP, yeah. Oh, um, sorry. No, I was just I gonna. I was gonna say. Um, again, we don't want to take this forever for you because I know you're a busy guy. And we don't want to keep you forever, but we would like this as opportunity for you if you want to take some time to kind of tell us about the next films that you're doing or anything that you're doing next in the future that we can check you out on, buddy. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm. Uh, I've got a couple things coming out. Uh, Neighbors should be coming out next year. Uh, that's an indie short. That's the one I was talking about. Um, uh, the Benyami brothers, great guys, awesome guys. So that that film should be should be really fun. It's ten different stories of New Yorkers all put together. Um, just really great script, really great guys. So um, look look for that. That'll be uh, hopefully we're we're looking to get a streaming deal for it. So maybe on Netflix. Fingers crossed. Um, I just I just had another horror movie come out, a horror short called Homer, 
which you saw on IMDb, and that's yeah. you can watch for free on Vimeo, um, oh, okay. or you can watch it, or you can watch it on IMDb. There's a link to it, so that's it's under Watching Earth Productions. If you look under Vimeo, you can find Homer. Um, there's another one coming out, another short called uh, Something Unorthodox, where I play an Orthodox uh, Jewish lawyer who is uh, cheating on his wife and oh. a scum a scumbag. So that was really fun to do. Um, so that's that's coming out next year as well. I think they're they're trying to turn that into a feature. So yeah, lots of lots of stuff in the lots of stuff in the mix. Um, I did want to say what my favorite movie is because I think it's kind oh. of a sure oh, yeah please leap in there um my favorite movie is actually dick tracy um really you guys ah. yeah it's it just... weird but i don't know if you guys have seen it recently no but... i haven't recently okay i i suggest actually, you see yeah, it again around halloween i did actually oh really <laughs> all right I, I think it was, it was just on for some reason but no i i remember it vaguely from my childhood just because i had i for some reason like really anatomically correct dolls like Warren Beatty's face like it looked like very much like him and then it was Madonna too and Madonna had like yeah. a full on it was great as a great children's toy I loved it but <laughs> yeah but I yeah remember, it was like a... yeah watching the movie as a kid just, I, I couldn't process it yeah it's just it's bananas the movie is crazy I mean Al Pacino as big boy in his crazy outfit just being full Al Pacino Dustin Hoffman is in that movie playing mumbles it's like the best cast ever all wearing crazy makeup putting on crazy costumes and yeah the movie is kind of like a beautiful disaster and I love it <laughs> and there's songs it, <laughs> I'm gonna have works. to rewatch yeah. it now there's a threshold yeah. where you can make something, and this applies for music too, where you can make something so bad that it's good. Yeah, and people put so much time and effort into it. It's really, uh, I love it. So that, yeah, I just wanted to, to give that to you guys so you could rewatch it if you hadn't seen it recently. Awesome. Well, I'm planning on doing that too. That and Hook. It's going to be an interesting evening for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Scott. <laughs> Scott, hey, Scott, for everybody what, here at the yeah, sorry, real quick, Jordan, let let him. Uh, where where can everybody find you? Where can they find you on Twitter? What's your uh, what's your Twitter handle, man? Yeah, yeah. So uh, please follow me on Twitter at Scotty M Watson. That's S C O T T Y M W A T S O N. And uh, yeah, I'm a friendly guy, so um, just you can tweet me as long as it's not anything weird or asking me <laughs> to follow your YouTube channel. Um, yeah. <laughs> And uh, and Scott, do you mind when we post this episode if we put your uh, Twitter uh, name on the post so people can click on it and find you? That's great. Go ahead. Okay, cool. Well, uh, other than that, Scott, on behalf of everybody here, we really do appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to, to interview us. So we really do appreciate it, and I'm sure the fans do too. And uh, thank you so much, man. Really do appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, let me know when it's up. Oh, yeah. No, it's uh, today's, what, uh, Monday? So it'll be up uh, tomorrow. Great. Awesome. It'll be up well, on Tuesday. Great. Cool. Well, All right, cool. good to talk to you guys. All right. And, Scott, Thanks, don't man. hang up real quick, buddy. Just stay on real quick, okay? Sure. All right. Uh-huh.